And we are live on Facebook. How exciting. What a beautiful day and night it has been. And what an amazing panel we have here with us tonight. We're going to head and wait just a few moments so people can start to come inside the chat room because we base all of this around you in the chat room. We want to hear from you. That's why we went live on Facebook so we can get this interaction going. So we will wait as we wait. How are you guys and gals doing? Guy and gals. <laughs> I'm good. Doing great. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. A little freaked out. A little freaked out, but good. How's married life treating you, Jeff? It's good, man. I feel like I don't have enough time in the day to get things done, though. It's kind of <laughs> oh. Is that why you're freaked out? Yeah. <laughs> no, you know I'm freaked out. I think everyone should watch this. It's on it's on Netflix. It's called a social dilemma. And they talk like people that used to work at Facebook, Twitter, Google, they talk about um they talk about pretty much how like it's changing our behavior in the algorithms and things. It's like really freaky. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I watched it the other day on Netflix. Pretty intense. Yeah, it's going to make me delete my Facebook. I'm like so scared. I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> That's, now we're going to get shut down on Facebook. because you. <laughs> well, we, I'm glad the church is on Facebook, but it's, uh, it's a good thing, it's, you know. Yeah, it is. That's what everything with life, right? You have to have boundaries and um, what's that called? Ah, I can't think of what, what that word is called. Where uh, every... Never mind. You discipline. just have to be careful. Not discipline either. It's when it's when you only have like too much of a good thing to be a bad thing, but it's like in a word, and I can't think of the word. Moment. But you know. Yeah, the internet's an amazing thing. We wouldn't be alive. Our uh, church wouldn't be if we didn't have it. So it's an amazing tool. But you know, just keep in mind that there's a lot of a lot of things out there that are buying for your your time, right? They're buying for your. Um, discipline. Not discipline either, but it's when you only have like. Somebody's. Sorry, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> There's an echo. No, it's her echo. But yeah. it's my echo. Yeah, I, I suggest watching it, and you guys make up your own mind. And so. Raquel said it. Moderation. Yay, Raquel's here. What's Moderation. it called? Moderation. Moderation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's, oh, it's Diane and Teresa are with us. Francis, thanks for joining us. Yeah, Jennifer, yeah. it's kind of crazy though. But the thing is, is that with the algorithms and everything, it really preys on our human weaknesses. It's absolutely insane. It's crazy. I can't even explain it, and I don't want to take up the time. But it's like it's them. It's pretty much a group of people figuring out like how can we make it so that you spend as much time on your screen as possible. So it is kind of like a very manipulative thing, you know. I used to think, and I and I don't want to go up on a, a side thing, but I used to think, you know, for me, like going on YouTube was always like, I would go in this rabbit hole and I was like, why does that always happen? But then they talk about it on the thing. They're like, no, like they want you to do that. They know they record everything that you are watching and they send you more of the same so that every time they want you to uh, keep going down that rabbit hole and, and spend not just 10 minutes, but like hours on it, because that's how they make money is by you being on there and the ad revenue that they get. And right. so, 
it's really, you know, they say when you don't pay for a product, you're the product. And that's the thing is that you're the, you're the one that is making the money by you spending time on it. And that's why it's so scary. You know, it's really freaky. But I'm glad everyone's tuning in so that you can hear the truth. I mean, that you can hear the truth because there's so much um, um, there's so much misinformation. And there's like, I hate to say it, but Google and all these companies don't know what the truth is. You know, they can only bring you more of whatever it is that's out there. And so thank goodness for the church to bring the truth. You know, because right now there's so many people that don't know what the truth is. You know, you got people who think that Earth is flat. You got people on so many different extremes out there. And it's really um, it's really because of this. And so you should put in a plug for the the, the documentary. Yeah. Isn't it called Social Dilemma or something on Netflix? Yeah, the Social Dilemma. Uh, guys, look it up. It's really powerful. It's going to it's so eye opening. It's very eye-opening, and uh, it's. I think this is something that the church is going to have to really address because, um, because really, like we're we're the uh, community that is supposed to um, to be. I guess like we're we're. I guess like the church is supposed to be a community, right? And and in a sense, like this online stuff is is just interesting. So I I don't want to get thrown off on that, but it is interesting, and we're going to talk about. Uh, Alicia, because no, it's just something that we've seen, you know, with something we're working with young adults, right? And, and yeah, reaching yeah. young adults. And even I talk to people on the campuses at uh, working for InterVarsity, and they have such a hard time reaching young people because they're so glued to their screens and their online communities on those things through uh, Twitter, things like that, that it's really hard for them to engage in real life. And so that's going to be... Um, it's going to be something that is going to be challenging in the future. It is. Yeah. It is. But we're going to, like you're saying, we're going to use social media for good right now. That's yes, the thing we I are. Like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you said it's supposed to be eye-opening, so I'm going to use that for what we're going to talk today. It's, uh, it's eye-opening what Alicia is doing on these amazing things in this journey. But before we get you know, all about Alicia Hour, I guess we can call it that, I want to talk about a few announcements uh, that's going on. <laughs> Number one is that this Saturday, we have a special prayer walk going on that some of the people from Journey have organized and got together. So if you feel led at 9 a.m. over on the corner of Carmen and Paseo uh, in Camarillo, uh, which is by Rosewood, and they're going to walk the Constitution Park and do a prayer walk. So if you feel led to pray as a group, go ahead and do that at 9 a.m. on Saturday. We also have our... Sunday outdoor service that has been going remarkably well. It's so nice to meet up with everyone again and get some fellowship. That is now moving to 10 a.m. So we've been meeting the last two weeks at nine. We want to give a little more shut-eye because everybody loves sleep. So that'll begin at 10 a.m. this next Sunday. And then lastly, we have community groups launching this upcoming week. Uh, we start our new week on Sunday, it'll move forward that week, and it's a seven-week quarter. So if you happen to not be in a community group, let me know. You can put in a comment right now, and we will get you signed up for these amazing growth groups, community groups, family groups, whatever you want to call them. They are powerful, and they are necessary. So let us know if you want to be a part of that. But with that, I am going to hand the keys over to Kim, and she's going to get us rolling. 
Well, I just want to thank you all for joining us on this last night of focusing on missions. And tonight we have a special guest with us, someone that we all know and love, and that's Alicia O'Dell. Hello. And um, Alicia, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got involved with missions? Like what, how did the journey start for you? And tell us some of the places you've been very briefly. Um, Briefly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I have always kind of... Um, like ministry and helping people is something that I've always like grown up doing with my family. My mom is, is very much a helper. She always seeks that stuff out. So it's something I grew up doing. Um, and when I started going to journey, like a month after I started, Jeremy got up on stage and was talking about this mission to Slovakia. And I went and talked to him afterwards and he was like, yeah, you know, it's like, um, we do an English camp with young adults. And that was something that I had done for years before coming to Journey. So um, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's interesting. And then I like prayed about it and then um, just had this like crazy peace and excitement about this trip. So I was like, okay, then God, you know, like you led me to this church. You led me to these people. Um, I feel like you're leading me to this trip. So I went on the trip um, and it was like, I very healing for me with a lot of things and God spoke to me in a lot of ways. Um, and I just like, he put this heart for, um, the Slovaks in my heart. Yeah. He gave me a heart for the Slovak people. Um, so I just kind of kept going. Um, so I've gone to Slovakia a lot. Um, and then also being at journey, um, and talking to missions, I ended up talking to Kim, um, uh, VBS, I think very randomly, she was, she was in, uh, California for like a week and we ended up talking. And then later on, um, I felt like God was calling me to, to leave, um, leave behind my, uh, bakery job, which is something that I loved. Um, and I fought with him for like three months and then I just finally gave in. Um, so then I told her, I was like, Hey, Kim, you know, or no, no, I didn't tell you. You came up to me and was like, hey, I'm doing this trip to Honduras. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, I'm unemployed. <laughs> and God <laughs> told me to do missions. So, okay, yeah, I'll go. And then uh, so I went, to Me- I went to Mexico before that and then Honduras. Um, and I've been back to Mexico and Slovakia a few times. And then this past January, I went to different continent, Uganda, which was super, super cool. Um, and then I'm going to do missions with the DTS for the second half, but I'm not sure where that's going to be yet. It'll be in the U S somewhere. Um, but hopefully someplace I haven't been before. So why don't you kind of explain, um, Hawaii and YWAM and kind of DTS, what that means for people who might not know. Um, so YWAM is called youth with a mission. Um, their, their goal is to gosh, Cameron. Well, he's been, I watched Cameron and he can name the, their slogan off like, like nothing. And I can't, I don't remember what it is necessarily, but their, their goal is to like reach the nations. Um, and the person who started it was, um, his goal was to, to reach the young people to reach the nations, um, which is something that I'm also passionate about. Like I've been following YWAM for a little bit, but have never decided to fully, um, do the DTS and like go for it. Um, but the DTS is in itself is, um, it's a discipleship training school. So, um, it's about six months of, um, it's a six month program. And the first three months you're, uh, you're basically getting trained and getting healed, 
um, like it's like basically church teachings and Bible studies all crammed into like a very, very short time. Um, and you're, you're getting trained on how to, how to do missions. Um, and the DTS that I'm doing, they have different focuses. So there's people who, who get trained, um, and like speaking, um, speaking the gospel, sharing the gospel. There's people who are trained in, um, doing that through music. And then, um, one of the coolest ones I think is, um, CrossFit, using CrossFit as a way to, to spread the gospel. Um, and then there's a few other ones, Compassion, which is basically like, uh, doctors and nurses and, um, feeding and, um, going to like poor countries. So you're getting trained on how to do that for the first half. And then the second half is applying what you've learned, going to different places. I hope that answers the question. Yes, so. it did. You did a great job. Yeah. Thank you. So tell us, uh, when will you be leaving um, for the lovely uh, island of Hawaii? <laughs> I leave tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Wow. On a plane, yeah. Do you have any room in your luggage for like a stowaway? <laughs> no, I I was, I barely have enough to fit like my clothes and bedding and stuff for six months. And I'm only packing for like two weeks because I can do laundry and I barely have enough for all that stuff. So. Unfortunately, no. I'm sorry, Dusty. Is there is there any kind of fear, like anything that you're kind of afraid of, or is it uh, all you're just super excited? I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm not necessarily fearful, but I'm trying to emotionally and mentally prepare myself for quarantining for two weeks because you have to if you go to Hawaii. Um, and I'm going to be quarantining with four people, three or four people in a room that's not very big, and I can't go outside. Um, so. I'm not worried about it, but I am like just trying to mentally prepare for that because I very much like having my space, <laughs> but I'm just not going to have my space for all of it. So I'm going to as well get used to it. That's tough. You can't even go outside. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think that they have like a balcony area, which would be awesome to even just like step outside for a little bit, but we'll see. It's a good thing you like isolation, so it's okay. It's different when you're isolating <laughs> with people, though. <laughs> good thing you're an introvert. Yeah. yeah. It sounds hard in Hawaii. Like, go to Hawaii and spend two weeks in a room. That would be so tough. Yeah. But, I mean, it's two weeks, and then I have a lot of weeks to go exploring and to be outside. So, you know. And and what particular... I'm going to keep telling myself two weeks. It's only two weeks. It's only yeah, two weeks. It's only two weeks. What particular... Um, you, what particular um, school are you going to? Tell us a little bit about the name of that and what that's about. Um, this one is Fire and Fragrance, and it's actually the same one that um, Cameron and Lisa do. Um, he actually told me about it years years ago, but I never like felt like it was time or um, fully pursued it. Um, so it focuses mostly about the the presence of the Holy Spirit and um, like just worshiping. You know the fragrance of like uh, of worshiping Jesus and what that is, and um, yeah, so it's mostly focused on um, Holy Spirit. And then I'm also doing the specific tracks for music, which is like worship and writing music. Awesome! So, that fits fits in great with some of your gifts. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Really excited for it. 
what uh what's the first thing you're gonna do when you get there besides quarantine like once <laughs> say okay quarantine's over what's the first yeah. thing you're gonna do <laughs> uh hopefully go to the beach because i love the beach there um and then maybe get some coffee okay Ooh, kona yeah. blen kona coffee i mean that's totally like worldly i don't know you know yeah maybe go hiking there is the biggest uh not the biggest, but the highest elevation um, observatory I'd like to go to, too, because I'm going to be on the, the big island, Kona, um, so it's not that far. I heard they get snow up there sometimes, right? At the top yeah. of the observatory, yeah. Yeah. You can be uh, super hot on the beach, tanning, and then just a drive, an hour drive, and you'll be in the snow. Wow. Awesome. Sounds yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Alicia, you want to share with us like a story lately, um, an experience that you've had that where God really touched your life or used you to touch someone else's life? Um, I have been racking my brain because I knew this question was coming. Um, and the, the only thing that really came to mind, um, it kind of leads into the, the verse I want to talk about too, but, um, so I decided to do this DTS like a month and a half ago. I think it was only like less than two months, August, like the middle of August. So about two months. Um, wait, no, I can't do math. <laughs> uh, so it's about less than, less than two months. Um, I decided to go for it to do this DTS. Um, and it costs a good amount of money. Um, and I had, so it cost, I'll just say it cost, um, over $8,000. Um, and I had been really blessed through quarantine to be working, um, and to actually be getting a little bit more because, um, I work for Starbucks and they, they gave you a little bit more if you're working during quarantine, which was awesome. So I had a good chunk saved. Um, but I was a little bit stressed about, like, <laughs> I decided so, so, so late in the game to go for this. Um, how am I going to pay for it? Um, I was just kind of like praying and like a little bit worried, like, should this be something I'm doing? God, like you told me to do this, but I don't know. Um, and then crazily enough, I, it all paid for like in the less than a month, all of it. Like I had probably, I probably put in about 3000. Um, and then the rest of it, People, people were just amazing and donated and, um, helped support me, bought baked goods. Um, so I got into some old roots there. Um, but just people, people that I didn't even expect were like, can I help you? Or like, hey, I want to buy this. Um, people who, oh, which I think is amazing. Um, people who aren't even Christian were like, yeah, I want to help you out, even though I don't think that they fully understood, like, what I'm doing and, um, all of that, it was just like, yeah, I want to help you, which was pretty, pretty touching to me. Um, and yeah, that's kind of blown away. And I'm a little like, just in awe that I'm, that I'm leaving tomorrow and I'm doing this finally and it's all paid for and I don't have to worry about it. You know, like that's how much God, like when he leads us, he provides, you know. And then also really fast and seeing, in deciding to leave, um, how many people that like 
I don't know. I'm I'm one of those that like as a season is closing or as something big is is changing, I think back to like <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit of a geek here, but I think back to like the last checkpoint of like when something big changed and then seeing kind of like what happened between then and where I'm at now. And I thought a lot about um Steadfast, which is the youth, the college group that um, I'm a part of and I help lead is seeing the people that I was pouring into like a year ago or two years ago and then seeing them now as I'm leaving is just amazing to think back. Like, you know, like they're not going to have, I'm not going to be able to like be there physically, like if they need me to just be there to like take them to lunch or to like just be an ear, you know, or even just like a hug, I'm not going to be there. Whereas like a year ago, I'd be like, oh, you know, like, I hope that they can find somebody God, like, you know, like put somebody in their life. Whereas now I'm like, they're, they are that for other people, um, which is amazing to see just the growth um, and amaz- like just see God transform them is, is super, super awesome for me. Just, you know, that's crazy. Awesome. I know that you guys have kids. Well, not Jeff doesn't have kids, but I'm sure there's some days where when you wake up, like and you like oh my gosh my kid is doing this or oh my gosh my kid is going to kindergarten right so you started kindergarten this year yeah yep. i'm sure it's like wait what what happened here you were <laughs> just a little bean not too long ago mm-hmm. i feel that sometimes with people that aren't like my friends and ministry and stuff like that so. i wanted awesome. to, i wanted to briefly ask something um i've gotten the chance to know you for a pretty decent amount of time alicia uh, mm-hmm. We actually worked in the same restaurant together for those that did not know. And we would rock out to Disney music or Christmas music uh, <laughs> as we worked. But I know you as this uh, quiet, reserved, yet very spiritual person. Um, how did you get to this point of A to B, like someone that's quiet, reserved? When I knew you, you were, you know, in a transition of a, of a different church. And now here you are, like, just ready and willing to do whatever God tells you to do. Has that been easy for you? Because I know there's someone at home that may be ready to start perhaps walking into their first mission strip or thinking about it or even getting deeper in their faith. How can they, they get in the same place you are, uh, kind of mirroring the same type of, okay, I want to do this. I'm going to leave it all in God's hands. He's going to supply the the funds that I need, and tomorrow I'm off on a plane in Hawaii. How do we get to that same same walk? I think, well, so that was, how long ago was that? Five years? Four years? Who knows? That's something. No, it was something. more than that. This is, it was it? <laughs> it was like seven years ago. No. Six, six years. Seven? Six? Holy yeah. moly, time goes by fast. Um, wow. <laughs> I think it's, it, you know, like, I kind of think like, like a house. You can't build walls before you build a foundation, right? Like, you can't build a roof. I mean, you probably could build a roof before the floors, but it makes it harder. Um, and I think for me, it's 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 uh, like each day, just being like, okay, God, I want I'm gonna surrender this little part. I'm gonna ask you about this little part, and I'm gonna listen. Um, and then I'm gonna do whatever you say. And it's just starting starting small, and then gradually just getting more and more and more. And it it is it is about like a relationship too like if you if if say i walk up to somebody random 
on the street and I introduced myself and then I asked, okay, hey, what do you think I should do about this? And they give me an answer. How well am I going to trust them? Because I don't know them. I don't know, like, what what is swaying them to make their decision? Like, is it because, like, they just like the first answer? Like, if I give them an option, do they just pick option A because they like A? Or do they pick option B because they like B? Like, and then how do are they even thinking about me? They don't know me well enough to make, like, a decision. Um, so I think one big thing is relationships is like getting to know God, spending time with God, learning how to hear him is huge because I know for me, my brain is all over the place and I read a lot and I watch a lot of movies and there's just so many things going on in my brain. I had to learn how to decipher which one's God and which one's which one's not and like learning how he speaks to me, like he speaks to me in dreams. But then I had to learn how to figure out which dreams are his and which ones were the pizza I ate the night before or, you know, like the movie I, I watched the night before I went to sleep, you know, like learning how he speaks to me personally and then just small steps of like, okay, I'll do this. Like um, the the first time I went to Slovakia, I think it was like five months and I didn't like, I didn't really have the money then either. Um but I talked to Jeremy and he's like, no, we're going to do fundraisers. I'm like, you have time to like make payments. And I was like, okay, like <clears throat> that I could do in my own strength. Um, and then it was slowly like for me, for the trips, it was like, okay, like you're, you're, I think you're leading me this way. Um, I'm going to pray, start to take some steps. And then if it doesn't happen, then I know it's not you speaking. Um, so sometimes it is, it is learning, learning to know God, learning to know how he speaks and then just taking steps, but also knowing if you take the wrong steps, he still got you mm. like taking wrong steps. You learn a lot. You learn, um, you learn how that maybe that wasn't his voice. That's another way that you learn that, you know, it's not him that's speaking. And, you know, unfortunately it's time, <laughs> time and, and like, you know, any kind of relationship, like, God is is a relationship for me. He's the most most important relationship, and like any relationship, you need to put time and you need to put like experiences together um, for it to like be something meaningful. But you know, that's pretty much. I hope that answers the question. Really good. Thank you. How about we have Jeff uh, read the scripture? Barnett? Let me bring it up. Just throw it up there. Yeah. yeah. So grab, grab your Bibles, everyone that's following along, so we get ready to share this good stuff. Okay. All right. You guys ready? Yep. Yeah. All right, this is Matthew 6, 25 to 34. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them and aren't even far more valuable to him than, than they are. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? 
Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. Continue, verse 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Alicia, you want to tell us why you why this scripture um, has really been speaking to you lately? It's kind of funny that Dustin asked that question because <laughs> I like I didn't really realize until just now like how much I I really do trust him for a lot of things. <clears throat> because I am my own worst critic and I think about all the things that I don't trust with him or all the times where it takes a while for me to take that leap. Um, so thir verse 34 was the one that, that I've been actually, that's been meaning a lot to me since quarantine started is, um, so don't, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Um, just like, you know, the, the fear of, of COVID, the fear of um, what the pandemic is doing to our country and to like me personally, like if my parents were to get sick and um, if I were to get sick, because I was also going through some, some health stuff as COVID was happening. And then um, like, if I were to lose my job, what would that look like? And just a lot of, a lot of worry. I'm, I'm very much a, a planner in the fact that I like to look at all the all the possibilities which is can be really bad sometimes because you don't need to worry about all of them um so that verse is something that's that's really been speaking to me for a while and even even with deciding to go to Kona and and thinking about the money and and just the the means of leaving um is something that like God has really been working on me is like trust trust in him like one of my favorite when I think about where it talks about the lilies I think about um the poppy fields that California gets like like um a few years ago I don't remember when it was but like it burned right and then the year after like it was decimated there was like tons of poppies and beautiful poppies and I think about I think about that how God is like a gardener. He knows best about what to make, what it needs, what we need um, in order for us to flourish the best, in order for, for us to be like the prettiest flowers. We need like fertilizer and we need water and we need like sometimes cold to strengthen, to strengthen the, um, the roots so that they're nice and strong, you know? Um, so that's one that's like the biggest part for me is like not worrying about all the other things because he's got it and like he's God and he he knows what's going to happen tomorrow and years and like he knows way more than I do so why am I going to worry about all that stuff when I have enough for me to worry about about me stewarding what I need to steward does that make sense that's so good yeah. you know I was, I was thinking how this piece of scripture is so pertinent to the times we're living in 
I think when we look at everything that's going around, going on around us, and it's very easy to give in to worrying about oh, what's going to happen in the future. And if we, you know, spend our lives worrying and, you know, chewing our fingernails and, and living in fear, um, that can really rob us from, you know, the blessings that God has for us. He, he encourages us not to worry. And one of my favorite verses is seek first his kingdom and live righteously. And I think it's all for me when I focus on God and his kingdom. And I realize, wow, he's on the throne. I don't have to worry yet. Some things are not going, you know, the way I, I wish they were, but um, I'm just going to trust in him. And I think this is all that, like you said, I feel like our lives are a lifelong um, journey of learning to trust God in every area of our lives and focusing on him and his kingdom and just living out our faith in righteousness, righteously. I think if we do that, it just keeps it really simple. It's like, I I, I don't want to spend my time worrying. I want to just seek him and live righteously and know that he's going to take care of me. And um, that's just such a beautiful, beautiful promise from God to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when you, when you listed the scripture, it seems fitting for you uh, because I, I know the way you operate and you're someone that tries to look on the positive side of things, which is, I encourage a lot of people to try to do, uh, yeah. <laughs> but the way the scriptures spoke out and when you, you mentioned it, it's, it went to me in verse 32 and it says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows your needs. And there are going to be some people listening to this. Uh, I mean, as I look on the screen, uh, I, have yet to have that missionary heart brought forward in me. But as I look at all three other panel members, they have the heart of missionaries. They've been all over the place. And the thing that's amazing is that they've each casted all their worries on the God and he's provided each and every time. And it's that gives me hope, uh, experiencing that through each and every one of you. So um, I think... It's just an amazing testimony of your growth and how far you've come, Alicia, to just say, you know what, uh, jobs, I don't know what's going to happen. Like here and there, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pick up, I'm going to leave, but you have a plan for me, God. And I don't need to stress about all these other things. Like, oh, is there going to be funding? I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I going to do for two weeks in quarantine? You're just like, God, go do stuff and I'll, <laughs> I'll just play along. You just let me know. So that's amazing at your growth. And I think that's just the way we need to. That keep this mind active for each every one of us. Stop worrying about everything else. What Kim's saying, stop with all the noise and filling our mind full of awful things and just focus it and fill it full of God. That's the greatest advice we can ever do. If this is has God all over it, man, just think of how much clearly you'll be thinking as, as time goes by. Yeah. I do have to say, like, I still do have those thoughts of like, what am I gonna do? But it's a choice. Like yeah. you have to you have to choose to let go of all of that, which is hard because we've been trained kind of since we're, since we're born, like you need to think about this, you need to think about that, you know, like, and it's a, it's a choice of choosing. Okay. It doesn't make sense to me, but I know it makes sense to you. So I'm going to trust you. Um, and there's something I really, I want to say really, really fast, Dustin, is that we, the three of us might have hearts for, for mission, international missions, but I think that there is there are some people like you who have missions 
a mission's heart for the the country that they're born in. Like you have you have a heart for people here, and that is just as valid and just as necessary as like the three of us going out in, into the world. Like I think that it's harder <laughs> to have a heart for people that you live with and for for your own country because because you know the people and and it's it's harder but it's just as necessary like i have lots of conversations with people who are like oh it's so amazing that you you go out and i'm like yeah but there's there's just as much work that needs to be done here um there's just as many people who need to know jesus um and that's something that you know like we all do you do a great job of like I'm going to toot your horn for a second because you did a great job. I'm here because, because of you, like, because we were talking, we were talking about Disney music, Michael Buble, Christmas music, you know, all that stuff at work. And then somebody mentioned that we both live in Camarillo, but we work in Santa Paula. And then you just asked me like, Oh, where do you, where do you live? And I was like, I live by the community center. Oh, that's where my church goes. Like, that's where my church is at. You should come check us out. And then you are the catalyst in my life to be where I'm at right now. So, I mean, I think that it's very valid for, for anybody to, to just share the gospel and to, to be willing to, to listen to God and be like, and for, to listen to God and to speak what he's saying, to like invite people or to just like speak life or to, to just like, I don't know, be, live, live like Jesus in the world wherever you're at. Sorry, that's something that I'm really passionate about when people yeah, say, ah, I can't do missions or I don't have a heart for missions. It's fine. You know, I think that's at. a really important topic. Um, Barnett, what do you think about domestic missions? Like, what are some ways that we can, like, reach into our community um, here in Ventura County? Have you um, had any experience with that or you want to just give some thoughts on that? Well, I... Um, I, I I always look at um there, there's so there's so much you know it depends on what God has put inside of your heart right like I know uh John Urengo he does prison ministry right there's people that do that there's people that uh are on the college campuses with inner varsity um there's some people that have a ministry to the homeless or to those who are on the the fringes you know I think teachers, a lot of teachers need, need a lot of help, right? Uh, at my, my, one of the things that my friend's church is doing Flagstaff is they, they opened a learning center in their church so that uh, kids can come there and use the computers and they have kind of a tutor. It's not like a teacher, but it's more like a tutor. So that's the way to helping out the community. And so I think the, the easiest way, um, to kind of identify what you, have a passion towards is is simply what need do you see right like what is it that that resonates with you you know and for like someone like John Urengo like he would uh felt like man like you know these these kids in the high school like they don't have fathers like I want to be uh, a father to them right through coaching football that was something that resonated with him but for someone else it might be different and so there's so many things right even like um uh, you know, I know Kate, one of our staff, uh, she does um, kind of like these outreaches and stuff to people that play video games. It's called, uh, I think, Game Church, which you wouldn't think about, but it's kind of an interesting thing. There's so many people that are in that gaming community, but there's nobody that is reaching out towards them. And so 
I, that's something that I'm I'm trying to do because I've done a lot of I've done some international missions and but I'm also trying to like well what is it that we need here too like what what can we do how can we help people out here and it could also be the the need like you're saying a specific like um, jail ministry or like homeless ministry um, but it could also be like God who who can I speak to around me. Mm-hmm like in your workplace even like um is a big I think a big ministry which is hard because it's like where you work and you don't want to make things awkward but if you ask God like God is there somebody here that I can be praying for even is is a huge thing or God who is there somebody here that I should like connect with and just be friends with um to show like what a Christian would look like through friendship you know like there's there's a bunch of ways and I think that is kind of like missions. Um so I think that yeah. Why don't you share Alicia the mission field that you've discovered at Starbucks, for example? <laughs> uh well, for sure coworkers. Um and and trying to I think a big thing is um the word Christian and if you tell somebody you're a Christian is, uh, it can be, uh, either very good or very bad or in the middle or like, you know, there's a lot of different, um, connotations with, with saying like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Um, and there's a few, I don't, I think I only, I never actually told anybody I was a Christian at work, but it was, it was mostly just like sharing my life and being an example of, of, Jesus as best as I can and there was times where I really failed because <laughs> it's stressful at work and people you know you're working with people and people can push your button sometimes um but you know there was people that I could I could could speak to or show friendship or or you know like listen to what God wants would like me for like me to do for people that I work with or um customers that would come in too like if somebody came in mad, I would try to be as nice as possible because um, I don't know what they're going through in their day. Like maybe a smile or like a free cup of coffee would help them out. So I would do try to do that or, um, you know, like there's a lot of people who come in and out of Starbucks, both people that work there and people who buy coffee. Um, so I think it's a huge mission field because you interact with with so many people. Um and it was actually really cool to see how many how many of my coworkers were so so supportive of me doing this where I would have not really thought that because um you know being Christian and a lot of them aren't really Christians so I was like oh I don't think that they'll support me that much but they were all very very supportive and definitely going to miss miss working in an environment but yeah sorry that was a little bit of a long answer but Oh, we appreciate you sharing. Why don't you um, tell us a little bit about what your dreams or aspirations are as you, you know, you go and you get trained as a missionary. Like, what do you, what are your, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What are your aspirations? Whether it's doing domestic missions here in the U.S. or going to a nation, like, what is your heart? Um, um I think my the biggest thing that God's put on my heart is discipleship and just like helping, helping people, um, 
find their passion in life or, you know, like find their purpose, the purpose in life, because I do think that there is a lot of, um, like in, in our, in our society, it's very much like, all right, make money to survive or make money to be successful. And, and you don't really think about your purpose or your identity and who, who God has created you to be. Um, and I think when you find that out, when you find your purpose, when you find your identity, it, you, the identity God has given you, he blesses you because it's like what you're made to be doing. Um, so like, I, I just think that there's so many people who don't have that or, um, who are broken just because of the world we live in. We live in a broken world, so people get broken. So I want, that's like my, my biggest heart is for, for people to know their identity, to be healed, um, from as much brokenness as possible and, um, to just like see, see God touch as many people as possible. I have this kind of like, bucket list dream of ex- seeing and experiencing um Jesus and and evangelism in as many parts of the world as I possibly can um except for Australia. <laughs> I mean, if I if I had the option to go to Australia or the opportunity I would, but I'm just not a big fan of spiders and scary animals and Australia seems to have the most so. Yeah, they have so many things I can tell you. Like <laughs> yeah, they have like I think the top three deadliest snakes. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> I, I, it was still like if God called me to go to Australia, I'd be like okay, and then do as much as I can to protect myself. But that's like that's a that's a uh, a bucket list dream. Um, but I do hope to like to gain training to to continue doing missions and um to lead other people onto missions and help them find their mission field and help train them. And Kim, one of, something Kim says all the time is train to reign. Uh, right. So I want to do that. Help people. That's good. Yeah. That's, that just that speaks so much of your heart. It's like, it, instead of, it's never you focus. All I've heard during this whole talk is that you want other people to experience God. You want other people to heal from brokenness. And we, we need more of that in this world. So what's, uh, let's just talk. You're, you're there in Hawaii. What's the way you're going to try to show that for people? Are you someone that lays hands and just starts praying right away? I know you said you would try to look for people that may be a little irritated or grumpy and give them a free cup of coffee, but. What, do you have anything you're going to try to do over there to, to make a big difference? Uh, <laughs> that's funny. I'm trying to pack as much coffee as I can to make nice. for myself and for my roommate. Um, which is kind of funny that you bring that up. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm just going to kind of, I'm very, I'm very much like, I like to pray for people, but it's harder for me to like go out and just, Hey, can I pray for you? Um, but I mean, the environment is definitely different there. I feel like more people would be open to you praying for them. So maybe, maybe that's something that I, I will do more of because I'm very much a read the environment and then sometimes not do it because it seems too scary. There's a lot of times where I don't do something or it takes me a while to like, if God says do this and be like, oh, okay. Like, and just kind of fight it for a little bit because it seems scary. Um, but I, you know, I think 
maybe, maybe it'll be praying for people. Maybe it's just like hanging out with people. Um, I think the school itself is kind of made to, to do that kind of thing of like, how can you serve other people? Or, um, I do know that there's, there's times where you go out to the streets of, of Kona and you're, you're walking around like seeing who you can pray for or sharing the gospel. So I'll definitely be doing that too, but I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, that works. We'll see. I, <laughs> we'll see. I think one of the one of the most amazing gifts that you have, Alicia, is a listening ear. Like you're really good at listening to people and when they share with you. And another thing that I've noticed is you have like a real pastoral heart. Like you really like to care for people, especially like new believers. Like really take care of them and lead them, and um, listen to them. And you're very very hospitable too, you know, that, you know, baking baked goods and coffee, like those all kind of go with your, your personality and your gift mix. So I'm sure you'll be doing that. Is there an area where you kind of want to like grow or step out, like maybe being more bold, or is there something like that where you, you feel like you're hoping on this in this training that you'll, you know, be more or what is there? Yeah. Well, I think what Dustin said of like, can I pray for you and, and stepping out and talking to people. Um, I think uh, what you said is true, but it takes me a bit for, for me to like talk to people sometimes if, if they aren't necessarily, um, outgoing, then it's even harder for me sometimes to like talk to people and, and get to get to listen to them and help them and, and guide them. So that's something that I'm hoping I can break through is, is, um, being a little bit more, uh, the kind of, the the best word is outgoing, but like just not being afraid to go up and, and just talk to random people or, um, I have a lot of, I very much like to be in the background. Like if, (laughs) if like we're doing the, whenever we did the passion drama, it was like, no, I'll stay in the back. Like I'll just do props. Like it's very much like, my thing is I, I very much like to be behind, but I do feel like God's pushing me to like not be stuck in the back. Like there's nothing wrong with, with being the person that, um, isn't seen. Um, but I feel like he is pushing me to, to not be afraid to step out and to, to talk to people and, and to be seen, which is, I think one of my biggest fears is just being seen. Um, so I think that's definitely one thing that I'm hoping that that I can get past and will be consciously thinking of um, and praying on and hoping to heal, I guess. Yeah. Dustin, have you noticed if there's any questions that maybe the people that are listening want to ask Alicia? Could you ask those? Yeah. Right now there's a lot of people just kind of loving on her and saying they're proud of you. Just so you know, is that uh, Gina, and her husband Eric are like islanders. They're from Hawaii. So they she said that her sister drives for Uber over there. So you have a hookup already. Oh nice. <laughs> I'll have sister? to I'll have to ask Gina because I mean I'm not gonna be working. <laughs> yeah. That's so that might be cool. Yeah. yeah. Utilize all these resources around you. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely get that. 
I want the dying said the plane ride is preparing you for being confined in a small space. Yeah. <laughs> that freak out you're flying over an ocean, man. That's a lot of ocean. <laughs> I mean, I get a little anxious on planes oh, yeah. anyway. I I get freaked out about not being able to escape. So I think the the two weeks are definitely going to be hard because I'm going to be stuck. But hopefully God hopefully God will will heal me from that. I'll give you my pour over if you need it. So (laughs) (laughs) packing is an issue. I don't have space. (laughs) What are you going to be reading? That's the important question. You're going to be isolated for two weeks and. You could be holy and say, well, I'm just going to read the Bible every minute. But what else are you going to read? Like, how are you going to expand everything going on? I have three books, actually, I'm bringing with me. All right. Um, one of them is, I think it's called The Cost of Discipleship by, oh. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that one. Yes, thank you. Um, and then there's another one by uh, this author, Jeannie Allen. Oh, my gosh. Get out of my head, that one. Yes. Hey, wow, look at that. Yes, that one. It's a good one. Yeah, you've read it? Yeah. Yeah. She. uh, There was a book I read of hers that I was in the transition of of finding a different church, and her book, like, just asked so many questions and helped me to, like, finally take a step into something new. Um, So I'm really excited to read that one. And then there's another one by Brene Brown, Daring Greatly, um, that I really like. Brene Brown isn't necessarily well in her latest book I don't remember which one it was but um she does oh I have two by her actually I might bring I just thought of that other one um but she she isn't necessarily a Christian but a lot of her her um her studies because she's a doctor she studies uh what's that called shame shame. shame yeah she studies shame and um she spent years on it and like all of the things that she's found is pretty, pretty parallel to Christianity, but she says it in a lot of ways that, um, aren't necessarily like, uh, Christianese, which I think is actually pretty cool, um, that she is kind of sharing the gospel or sharing like the, the way to live a healthy life, which is the way that God intended for us to, to do, um, without using Christianese words and, um, reaching a lot of people and like she's just all I've loved all of her books so those three or maybe four I might just bring my kindle <laughs> and then I could download yeah. books <laughs> so I finish all of them <laughs> yeah so Alicia how can we pray for you and come alongside you on this journey that you're on um prayer for strength <laughs> prayer to survive the quarantine <laughs> um yeah. Uh and yeah, just prayer to continue to step out um and try try new things and not be afraid to take steps. I guess. And prayer for strength for rooming with people. <laughs> Probably gonna be a little hard for me. Um not everybody is as nice to room with as you, Kim. <laughs> yeah, because I kill spiders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're like, I brought my pet tarantula. <laughs> there one time in Honduras, Kim killed like six spiders in a row because they were everywhere in the room we were staying at. And I don't like spiders. Um, yeah. So prayer, prayer for strength and 
Um, it was going to be intense training too. So just prayer that I can learn everything that I'm supposed to learn. Hey, Jeff Barnett, would you mind praying for Alicia as we yeah. kind of close the night out? Yeah, I'll close. If you guys on Facebook want to join, join me. Father God, I just thank you for what you've done in Alicia's life and how far you've taken her, Lord, and that this is just going to be another uh, amazing launch point in her life, just one of those checkpoints that's going to be so unforgettable, Lord. I just pray for traveling mercies, God, from everything with the airline, that it would, she would get an awesome seat, she would have enough space, Lord, it, it would uh, be a great flight, they'd get there safe. Also, for the two weeks of quarantine, we're roommates, Lord, I pray it just it would be an awesome time that... Uh, she would make new friends, and it would just uh, have tons and tons of grace for people, and just uh, even the boundaries and things, uh, the personal space and all that she would need. You just give her grace for that, and for all the training, Lord, I pray. I know that you've you've uh, this has been something that you've been wanting her to do, and so God, I know that you've prepared her up to now, and that you just add more and more. We're just going to see such a, a different and amazing Alicia when she comes back. So we just pray that uh, for her, that you just seal her and protect her and guide her. And yeah, we're just so excited for what she's going to share and what she's going to bring on the way back. And praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Well, thank you, Alicia, and have a great trip. Um, put pictures up and keep us posted on what's going on. And if you need any prayer, special prayer requests, don't I hesitate will. to ask. We love you and we yeah. bless you. Thank you. Thanks everybody who's watching too. Yeah. Take and then care. Gina, I'm gonna I'm gonna contact you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay us. for free Uber rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us back some grass skirts and coffee. Grass skirts and coffee. Yes. Okay. <laughs> See you guys. Take no care. chocolate. Hi, everyone. No macadamia. Yeah, chocolate. macadamia chocolate too. Of course. Yeah, I love that macadamia chocolate. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye.